looking potentially at another corrective pullback and then maybe a rally in the first half of next year, then I see the potential at least the risk for a very substantial top and that could lead really to a serious market crash. So that might happen next year or late next year, maybe 2025. But I, you know, I, I think we are very close to a significant top on the S&P 500. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Pragmatic Investor. My guest today is Ben from More Crypto Online. After Bitcoin has broken above 40,000, a lot of people are very excited about the coming bull market. So today I got the chance to ask Ben what his opinion is about the coming bull market and crypto in general. Ben primarily uses Elliott Wave Analysis, which is a form of technical analysis. So we dove deep into what the charts are telling Ben right now. We covered specific points of resistance and possible topping targets for Bitcoin. We then dived into trading strategy. How could one gain exposure to Bitcoin now that it has begun to take off? What kind of levels could we watch out for for a retracement? And also, when should someone start taking profit? We also covered Ethereum and some of the altcoins. I really enjoyed this conversation with Ben. He's one of my favorite analysts to follow when it comes to cryptocurrencies and Elliott Wave. He understands Elliott Wave very well and also mixes this in with great knowledge and strategies on how to actionably implement the theory. If you haven't already, please go ahead and check out his channel on YouTube and his website. The link will be on the description. And as always, if you haven't already, go ahead and like, share, and subscribe to The Pragmatic Investor wherever you're listening. And if you haven't already, go check it out on Substack. I do a lot more over there. As always, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I do. Last time we talked, I believe uh, Bitcoin was hovering somewhere around 26,000, kind of um, boring us to death a little bit. And uh, obviously, the last uh, few weeks have been anything but boring. So, um, yeah, what is your so? What's your outlook after the, this last rally? I mean, is this? Um, I mean, obviously, I know the answer is going to be it depends. But uh, is this a bull market confirmation? Is the bull market in full swing now? Yeah, I mean, obviously, last time it's 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 been a few weeks, been a few months now. But uh, I think also last time we were already talking about that. My perspective is the bull market has actually started, but um, obviously we still needed to break out above that sort of $31,000, $32,000 level, which then happened. I think at the time I wanted to see a little bit more of a pullback, but just a, just a corrective pullback in an overall uptrend. Now Bitcoin took the direct route, which it obviously always can, so just confirmed my my bigger picture analysis. Just on the smaller timeframes, we didn't get that last pullback that um, would have made things a little bit clearer. But overall, I think, um, yeah, um, my take has been for, I think, most of 2023, actually, that we are in a bullish market. Um, of course, you know, this can always um, take different pathways. You know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin can take different pathways to the all-time high. Um, at the moment, I'm looking at basically two main scenarios. One where Bitcoin can take really a very direct path to uh, $100,000, $125,000. Um, how realistic is that? I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but it will also not, I mean, it will be direct, but it could still be characterized by a lot of sideways price action in between. So it can still take a while to get there, but no significant pullbacks, more sideways action. And then there's another scenario where there could be quite a deep pullback, um, but we have very clear support levels to watch. But also then I would say, 
any pullback I would personally use to add to my positions um, because I would, first of all, I mean, it will depend on the structure, but from what I see now, I would expect it, it to be a corrective pullback. So rather a pullback in a larger uptrend that I think most investors should should not fear, but rather see as opportunity to maybe add to their positions, which I will do as well. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that is kind of the question now, right? Because I'm sure a lot of people are looking at the Bitcoin price now and thinking, wow, did I miss the train? You know, how am I, well, how am I going to basically board this moving train? How do you, how do you see that? What advice would you give to someone who's now looking at Bitcoin kind of a bit afraid that, the, you know, that they maybe missed their chance, but also looking to get some exposure there? Yeah, that is, um, I would first of all say you're probably still early because um, I've done a bit of a bit of a study on, um, you know, his last, let's say the last bull run, um, which started obviously after, well, after March 2020, um, after the crash that we had, <laughs> overnight crash of, I think it was 40% or more. Um, mm -hmm. Now, most people didn't buy that dip because they were scared. So that that's normal. Um, some did, but most people joined along the way and I, I took it, you know, I, I looked at the Google trend um, results for Bitcoin back then. And it was really not until December, 2020 that most people, you would say most retail people that normally are not involved in crypto really were searching for Bitcoin and altcoins as a term. So Bitcoin at that point had made 400% of the lows. So that was when Bitcoin was close to all time high. So I would say most people will not even think about Bitcoin until it gets close to all time high, because that is when, so that's 65,000 or more. That's when it will be on the media, you know, everywhere, mainstream media. And that's when most people will probably think about Bitcoin. And then they have to, if they're not prepared, they haven't got an exchange account. So they have to do that. And then most people will probably not buy until it's like 80,000 or 90,000. Which, uh, yeah, is too late. But now I think it's still fairly early. Um, so I see it at the moment as a bullish market. So setbacks, I think, can be used to enter positions. Um, obviously, it is important that, um, I mean, getting a position, I think if nobody, you know, if, if there is somebody who wants to get a position, obviously it's important to study the charts, get a broad understanding of how the chart looks like, what the important levels are, I think. If someone doesn't want to do that, that's fine as well. Then at least that person needs to know that the position should be of a size that if it um, drops down 30, 40%, which can still happen um, potentially, even in a bullish but short-term bearish scenario, uh, that person needs to be able to sleep well. Okay, So I think a position, if someone wants to be in a market and has no position, I would always say get a position. Um, the question is always how involved that person wants to be. So do you want to look at the charts, the levels, or is it literally just hodling um, or getting a core position for the bull run? That So that it, it's always difficult to say when we're in a rally to find a good entry, which is why I said, I think also last time when we talked, um, I recommended <clears throat> basically building a good core position as long as we are, you know, in these price ranges below 30K, building a good core position, um, because for most people, most people are not traders. So they just want to have something to ride the trend to all-time high. And I think that's still a good good way of doing it. We're still early. Um, getting a small position and then waiting for more opportunities to get in and, and building it. I think that's probably the best um, advice, I think, or recommendation guidance. 
Um, but if we really are in what we call an Elliott wave, a third wave rally, which is a very aggressive rally, it's really hard to find a, find a let's say, a pullback entry, mm -hmm. uh, which I like to use. Right, absolutely. I think you, you hit the nail in the head there when you talk about the idea of you need to get a position that you're comfortable with. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you need to realize what kind of investor you are and you know, if you're going to hold or if you want to trade a bit more. But, you know, you need to stick to a plan that you can execute. And, of course, that happens by managing your position size and you know, knowing you know, how you would react, for example, if you've got a pullback from here, which is what I wanted to discuss next. So we kind of talked about the idea that, obviously, we are in possibly a third wave. Bitcoin could take the more direct rally up, but we have had, of course, in previous cycles, of, um, obviously, especially looking at the last one, uh, that kind of a pre-halving pullback. Obviously, the last one was very pronounced because we had that whole COVID thing where Bitcoin actually, uh, you know, rallied a lot, you know, basically what would be these months, but six, seven months ahead of the halving, then two, three months kind of started selling off. Um, if we did get a pullback from here, what are the kind of key levels you're looking for below, let's say? Yeah, so so first of all, I think I'm, I'm not looking for that deeper pullback yet. Um, cool. Even in the scenario where, I mean, it can happen. Yeah, and then I have thirty-four thousand currently as important support. Um, if, however, even in that scenario where we have to expect a deeper pullback potentially, um, which is one of the likely scenarios, I would still like to see Bitcoin first get to like fifty thousand, maybe a little higher, and and then that risk increases for that deeper pullback. Um, and and then it will be something I would have to measure it when we get to a top, but. Um, the level would be now the key level, really, where I would say, oh, if we drop below that level, we're not in a bullish market anymore. That That is 19,000, so that's quite far away. Mm -hmm. That tells you a lot about the risk, actually, and how far Bitcoin could drop. Doesn't mean it, it will drop that much. Bitcoin has, throughout 2023, even in deep pullbacks, Bitcoin has only has not maxed out by far what it could have done in that scenario. So it, it was pullbacks were rather shallow on the Bitcoin chart, also in, in 2023. So therefore, I'm not necessarily expecting a very deep pullback. Yeah. Um, therefore, I always like the idea of um, yeah scaling in, so buying in tranches when we get pullbacks. Um, there's always obviously again that depends on the personal strategy. There are people who like to wait for a confirmed low in place before they open a position. There are others who buy in the pullback, but with very clearly defined parameters. Okay, I don't want to just blindly buy the dip. Uh, even though for Bitcoin, because I see Bitcoin in contrast to altcoins more like a portfolio asset, I don't mind so much. So, you know, I've got for Bitcoin, I've got three portfolios. I've got my HODL portfolio, which to be honest, I probably will not even touch in when we get to 100,000 plus. Then I've got my, what I call a, a core position, which is my longer term swing trading position where I basically want to ride the rally to all time high territory and, and possibly a bit higher. So I will I will significantly reduce that in all-time high territory. And then obviously I've got some short-term positions. Um, and I again, because I see Bitcoin more like, a little bit like goals, more like a portfolio asset where I don't mind so much if it comes down very low because I have that long-term horizon, especially in my other portfolio, which I don't have with altcoins because I know that most altcoins don't, they don't survive more than two cycles typically. But for Bitcoin, it's different. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, 
you've mentioned a couple of times that a hundred thousand dollar level. I'm pretty sure we covered this a little bit in our last conversation, but just wanted to go through it again for anyone uh, listening. Uh, what kind of uh, targets are you looking at, and you know, kind of give us a quick overview of how exactly you're reaching those those targets? So for Bitcoin, or also for Ethereum? Well, let's go with Bitcoin first. Yeah, so Bitcoin, I would see. So the projections currently they point sort of to yeah hundred thousand plus. I I see hundred and twenty five thousand roughly as a very likely target. Um, possibly could stretch to 175,000 if conditions really align in a very, very bullish way. Um, I would be surprised personally if it goes beyond that in this cycle. Now, the next cycle might go way higher, but obviously in, in this cycle, I don't see Bitcoin go much higher than, than 175. I mean, that would be my... I don't want to give it a maximum target because we know that cryptos can always surprise also to the upside. So that's but but you know when we get into that area, I will definitely have taken significant profits and will then just purely probably track support levels and not give any further projections because we are then at a point where it's basically like you know driving on site where we have reached the targets and yeah it can still extend higher as long as certain support levels are holding and I would just continuously adjust them to know when the current trend will break. Um, but yeah, sort of, I, I see it at the moment. There's an important area around 50,000 on the way up. So that's an important um, level where we probably could see some re um, resistance. Then 65,000. And then there will be, and that's, can't determine that yet, but there will probably be another long, probably sideways consolidation before we really get that final push to, to, to well, to above 100,000. So that could be a very boring sideways consolidation before we do that final push. Yeah, and, and I, you know, as I said, most people who are not really involved in financial markets or crypto, they will not probably touch Bitcoin until it gets to all-time high territory. So they will start to look for how to open an exchange account when Bitcoin gets close to, I don't know, 65,000. And um, I think most informed investors or traders actually want to be position then yeah right of course and now you don't want to talk about you know uh the highest possible target because like you said you know bitcoin can always surprise what about the lowest possible target because i do see you know a lot of people now for example on twitter and stuff getting very excited obviously they're you know, talking 100k 200k but is there a scenario where for example bitcoin doesn't break 100k in this cycle because that's kind of an idea that i've been playing around with the last the last couple of days yeah, I mean, technically, I mean, technically, really, the requirement for the wave count that I'm tracking to be valid is just basically it needs to be a it needs to be a five wave move and it needs to be above the all time high. So technically, if it gets above somewhere above 65, 66,000, we have the right structure. It would be the, a valid scenario. But looking at projections, I mean, I would be surprised if it doesn't reach at least 90,000. But uh, it was already in the last bull run, projections actually pointed to 100,000 plus. Um, I could at the time see that it wouldn't get there quite quickly when it broke, I think, below 55,000 and then warned also my, my followers. So again, Elliott Wave helped us to recognize the change in trend, 
even though I there initially expected to get about 100,000. So we need to track very closely the structure at every turn. But yeah, personally, from what I see now, I would be surprised if in a bull run we don't get to 100, well, at least 90. But ideally, I'd like it to, to be above 100. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, like you say, it would be surprised. But, you know, markets do tend to surprise us. And I just feel like, you know, there's this whole narrative, also this narrative around the halving cycle, which, you know, at some point, right? I mean, when has the market ever played out exactly the way everyone expected it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Bitcoin might have some surprises for us. Yeah, and you see a lot of that. I mean, a lot of people talking about that, yeah, that free halving dip, which might as well happen. But I mean, how many halvings did we have? You know, is it really enough to say just because it happened so many times it will happen again? Often not the case, you know, especially if it happened like three times. Will it happen the fourth time? Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. people then expect it and it might just not do it. So that's why I just focus on I don't like the idea of looking at a chart and say, okay, because it always happened like that, it has to happen again. I think it's good for good for good for uh, tweets, but yeah. it's but it's not really good for a strategy. Um, I think it's something to be aware of, but obviously, we're tracking, for example, on a daily basis the um, relevant levels, the trend, and really only if the first support levels start to break, only then I can assume that some kind of dip is starting. Until then, the trend. Uh, it's just, you know, being followed. Like we see that on the S&P 500 at the moment. I mean, a, a pullback is very much due. It's it's really had a significant rally um, from I think end of October. A pullback is due, but my view is also, you know, we don't want to call a top in place until we, at least we have the first levels that break and tell us. The market always needs to tell us. And if the, the trend can always extend, you know, further than most people would think is reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you say, it's it's important, especially with trading, to take it level by level and it's just uh, tracking those movements every every day. Now, how about Ethereum? Then we've covered Bitcoin. Uh, what are the uh, what are the what are the targets for Ethereum right now? So Ethereum, I see. Uh, I think we we talked about last time already that that I see Ethereum um, from a structural point of view a little bit more bullish than Bitcoin. So I see the potential that Ethereum could outperform Bitcoin. Um, so that's, that's I think, that's I see that in the Elliott wave structures, but I also see that when I, because um, I can, when analyzing the ETH BTC chart, so Ether basically, basically measured in Bitcoin, right? Um, it's also at a point where a turnaround is currently in a downtrend. So Bitcoin is still leading, which we see when we look at the Bitcoin dominance chart as well. Bitcoin is still steaming ahead. But I think we're getting towards the point where Ethereum could take over soon and also uh, altcoins. So obviously talks about an altcoin season will happen at some point. Um, that's typically when Bitcoin dominance drops. So the altcoins are outperforming Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, generally I see Ethereum uh, has the potential to outperform Bitcoin. And I see Ethereum um, possibly rally a little bit more aggressively then. And targets, I mean, sort of the ideal target range for the bull market i would see around eight to twelve thousand dollars it might like bitcoin stretch a little bit higher so if i um like an extended target would be around 17 to eighteen thousand dollars but i mm -hmm. i see that really in a very very bullish environment mm -hmm. right of course that that makes sort of sense now 
talked about Ethereum and you mentioned that outcoin season. And, you know, you must be quite happy because, you know, last time we were talking about Cardano not doing so well, for example. <laughs> Recent, recently got a got a nice little pump there. Um, what do you what do you think about the the outcoins, you know, Cardano and maybe some other some other good outcoins that, that stand out to you at this point? Yeah, I mean, I'm following uh, obviously quite a lot of altcoins. I think the broader altcoin season is definitely not there yet. I mean, historically, if we look at historical um, how how it, how the money is typically flowing in the crypto market, it typically starts with Bitcoin. So it's quite healthy if Bitcoin rallies first, which it has done throughout 2023, mm. outperforming most altcoins actually. Um, then at some point when money starts to flow into Ethereum, that's also when you see a lot of altcoins perform well, historically at least. I mean, this year we've seen Solana outperform basically most coins, um, but there will always be exceptions along the way. But we talk about generally across the market, typically at some point Ethereum would would start and then um, a lot of the altcoins would follow. That's sort of the cycle. Um, and then, it, it, you know, the last point is when all the crazy high-risk micro caps are, are going to go. Um, people will think go to the moon, but that's probably, probably when it will all be over then. So um, like when everybody wants to get into altcoins, that's the time to sell it all probably. But yeah, when we look at some, some coins, I mean, Solana has really performed well. I don't see it anymore as really a very attractive entry point right now. Um, so I rather, because I like to trade pullbacks, I'm rather looking at structures that are currently, that showed already a rally, but are currently pulling back. Um, there are some that I'm looking at, like, for example, and it might not be the very well-known ones, but um, I'm looking at Lido, LDO at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, I like the GMX chart somehow it's not best chart but also shows a bit of a pullback at the moment um vai so that's one of the ai coins um shows some potential uh, but they obviously altcoins so these structures often break because they are so correlated with bitcoin as well but um the point is when trading altcoins i always think you know you you basically you're picky you look for the structures that give you very clear reward and risk setups and then you know when to get out and that's why i look for these so-called one two setups just before a third wave rally which is often the most aggressive one mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean most most coins currently show upside potential um there are some that have shown now a five wave structure to the upside where i'm just waiting basically for a pullback um and another one is yeah cfx is one that showed a five-wave structure already is currently in a pullback. So yeah, just to give a few examples. Mm -hmm. One that has done very well, I'm not sure if we talked about it last time, and I'm a personal uh, fan of, is Rune or Chain. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Yep, that's also one <laughs> that actually um, performed quite well. Um, and it seems to be on its way to a larger support area at the moment. I don't have the exact parameters uh, at the moment ready, but I know that the support for the current pullback is around $3.14, and it should go a little bit lower um, before bottoming. I think it's now at, I don't know, $5 something. Um, so it should come down a little bit more. I will probably add um, a position as well when Rune goes a little bit lower into that pullback zone. But yeah, it should also ideally go a little bit higher. But it will turn bearish. That's the thing with altcoins. I really treat them as, um, let's say, trading only, swing trading only, not really for investing. 
because the setups often do break. You just need to know when the structure breaks and then ideally you want to be out. Now I also have a hoarder portfolio, but the positions are, you know, the size of the positions is sort of adequate that I can sleep well, even if a project, you know, goes down, which can always happen. Um, so again, I think risk management is always key. But yeah, Rune is probably uh, that that scenario that I'm following, the bullish scenario that might take it next to $8 to $12. That will break below $3.14. Mm -hmm. So that would be like a wave two pullback back down to those that area, that $3, $4 area, you think? Yeah, that's actually on the Rune chart at the moment, a wave four pullback, but okay. should still get a nice wave five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. You make a good point, and I think anyone who's uh, you know been trading Bitcoin the last few cycles can't can't understand the importance of, of course, uh, being able to uh, to take profit when you're mm -hmm. in the green. And you know, I've certainly taken the chance after that you know pre-epic run up five hundred percent on Rune to uh, take a little bit off the table at least. Yeah, I think um, too many see the money and uh, don't try to protect the money and then they don't want to take any profits but I think it's so important at least to take some profits and never let the winning trade become a loser right yeah absolutely absolutely now we've kind of seen you know outcoins kind of even though maybe not fully on outcoin season but you know obviously a, a few months ago you know the sentiment on outcoins was you know completely in the gutters we've seen a little bit of a pickup there are we going to see this kind of recovery also in the you know kind of the next next level of speculative crypto assets? Uh, some of those NFTs maybe uh, making a comeback. Do you have any view on on those? I'm not um, I'm not a great NFT uh, trader or investor. I've got a couple that I lost money with, <laughs> but they were just very 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 small um, speculative investment, more for fun. But yeah, I'm not. I think NFTs are going to come back uh, I mean they've never really left have they but obviously they've lost a lot of value but yeah I think you will see NFTs come back at some point um, but I don't understand enough about the NFT space to really think, judge when or how exactly or what's the latest trend um, mm -hmm. but um, yeah I think they are here to stay probably but I think the real use case of them is um, that, that I think that's what's really still evolving what many people still don't don't understand how NFTs could really change certain industries as well, but I think there's a lot of also regulatory stuff that needs to follow and and has to be developed first as well. Actually, this is is what we currently see in crypto as well, where you know I think you have all these exchanges and um, there has never really been a framework or you know regulatory framework, especially in the US, and now they introduce that and then all these exchanges. They um yeah you know what they what they're doing obviously with Binance and so on so yeah not saying the exchanges are innocent but you know it's difficult obviously um it's sort of emerging and then to operate in that space while regulations are still emerging obviously has a lot of risk as well but but yeah I think NFTs are they are probably going to come back difficult to say when but it's probably if I had to make a an educated guess it's probably when. Um, the masses are coming into crypto. So basically when Bitcoin is in all-time high territory, I would say, people get the FOMO. Um, and then at some point they might rally together with very risky micro-cap altcoins, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. And you bring up some interesting points, obviously. 
the regulatory environment, something that is still kind of always ongoing with crypto. And uh, to an extent, I feel like, you know, because of this ETF launch, a lot of people are kind of um, kind of discarding this risk now, right now, right? Like, oh, well, you know, they're going to gonna launch the ETF and, and Bitcoin's going to be all right. But there's, there's certainly a lot, of, uh, a lot of stuff still going. I think it was yesterday, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren just issued a, introduced a bill kind of trying to regulate crypto and Kind of going a little bit after self custody, which obviously uh, is not very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I actually haven't looked into it too too much detail. What um what that says or the the latest um news and updates about you know regulations and everything. But um, yeah, I mean that's the reason why we say crypto as as a whole is obviously more risky than other asset classes, um, more opportunities, but also higher risk. And, um, yeah, that's why I say, off, you know, that's why I don't see altcoins, for example, as really as hodl quality, because a lot of people say, okay, I'm just hodling my altcoins, but really hodling means for me, I hold it for, you know, maybe even several cycles for years, um, but they don't normally survive more than two cycles and Bitcoin is usually outperforming 99% of altcoins in the long run, at least that's the, what the data says. Um, so there's no reason to hodl an altcoin. Core position, yes, you know, holding maybe to all-time high, then sell. That's that's great. But then everybody still needs to be aware of the risk generally. You know, in crypto, I you know I know people who are only invested in crypto. I find that not very, um, not very clever. I mean, that everybody has to decide that for themselves. But that's I think where you meant where you manage that risk for yourself on a portfolio level. Have maybe some other assets, have cash, um, a little gold, silver, stocks, different assets in your portfolio where then obviously if anything happens to crypto your remaining portfolio can can balance that mm -hmm. absolutely yeah it's uh, important to to stay diversified that's uh undeniable now i was wondering because you've mentioned a couple of times this idea that obviously you know we're going to reach the top once kind of all the once all the retail begins to pile in that's kind of when you when you when you're approaching that top an, an idea that kind of is also you know, within kind of the idea of uh, certain uh, wave structures, right? That's that's kind of how they mm -hmm. develop that, that that idea of the sentiment. To that extent, do you ever complement your area web analysis with something a little bit more like, um, let's say, on-chain analysis, maybe something that's kind of looking at the trends in like new active users or stuff like that? No, typically, typically not. I mean, I used to look at it because. I mean, it is interesting just generally to know what's going on. You know, I think it's important to be aware of it. Um, I mean, it would be concerning if, you know, long-term, um, let's say, Bitcoin's users decline or something. Um, but yeah, no, I don't... Fundamentals don't really... I mean, they do sort of have an impact on price, but it's it's very oftentimes differently to what many people think they, they do. For example... The whole topic of tokenomics, which was very big in the last bull run, nobody's talked about. Nobody's talked about tokenomics in the bear market. You know, even the best tokenomics haven't helped any any coin to, um, you know, not drop in price in the bear market. So it's all about it's all sentiment driven, and and so I think those fundamentals they only have an impact on price when the people believe it and when they, uh, you know, when they get hyped about it, and and that again that all comes down to sentiment. So. Yeah, I mean, there is certainly fundamentals or on-chain data or things like that. They only, for me, 
are important when it comes to maybe investing. Um, but I don't see altcoins as investment quality. So only Bitcoin, Ethereum, and um, yeah, but I, I wouldn't use on-chain data. There are a few good on-chain analysts, I think, around. Um, but, you know, I, I think trying to, um, it, it's more about, okay, how stable is Bitcoin maybe as an asset? I wouldn't really use it to try to determine prices. I rather am a fan of keeping it simple. So I don't want to have too many inputs in my analysis mm-hmm. because, you know, where do you stop there? I, I have edit wave, then I could, then I could always try to find something to confirm my bias. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I try yeah. to just keep objective and use the Fibonacci levels, which are very objective to tell me when I'm wrong in the market. You know, when I, for example, have a preferred scenario, but I know, okay, this is the level where I'll be wrong. Uh, there's no point having an additional on-chain data to say, okay, it's probably going to go further or something. It, it, it just makes it too complex. And then you get into that analysis paralysis um, problematic situation where you have just too many inputs and you don't know, oh, what do you focus on? And yeah, it gets too complex in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that's just more and it's, it's better to just have a, have a clear strategy and, and just stick to it. Right. Yeah. What are, what are sometimes you, I mean, this is just um, because it is very nice, you know, visual um, guide for people when to buy or sell. There are many of these charts. I think there's one website that's called lookintobitcoin.com. They've got, you know, these sort of they've got mm-hmm. rainbow chart and they've got the hodl waves, they call it. And there are different um, bigger picture graphs, charts from especially Bitcoin um, that basically gives you a good idea when it's time to buy. Yeah, So when nobody's interested, basically, that's normally the time to buy Bitcoin. Um, <clears throat> and also tells you when the market is overheated. But because we use the edit waves, we don't really need that. But they are some of the charts that I sometimes look at that, that are some, mm-hmm. sometimes very helpful, yeah. Right, yeah, absolutely. And now, I wanted to get your opinion on, of course, the crypto miners, because we've also seen those catch up a lot recently. Mm. S- simple question here. from If I were to buy a crypto miner today versus Bitcoin, do you think the miner would outperform? Difficult to say. Uh, they are certainly very volatile. I think some of them could. I mean, I'm. I really only look at from a chart point of view. I've looked at Riot before and Mara, Marathon Holdings. Mm-hmm. Um, the charts are, I would say, un- unreliable. I would call them. So they are. They are difficult to really. Um, there's no clear scenario. That's the problem, mm. and that that always makes the analysis and also trading difficult um yeah i i would i i don't see them as good investments that's also related to fundamentals because most of them don't have a positive cash flow um they can be you know if the setup shows they could be an interesting trade um but i don't think if i recall the chart correctly there there is an attractive setup because they've already rallied now and um yeah i i find these charts highly um unreliable because they are not moving in impulsive structures. So we always Mm -hmm. look for impulses to ideally is, you know, ideally we trade what's clear and look for the setups of very clear charts. Um, They show what I would call a diagonal structure, which can also be corrective. So yeah, there are very clear levels that, okay, we can define where we say, okay, the setup breaks or the chart goes into a more bearish scenario. 
Um, but yeah, it's hard to say uh, it will outperform Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm generally skeptical about the minor charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, and it's a good point. I think a lot of people might might be attracted to the minors, but it's not just about mm-hmm. seeking potential return, but maybe finding those clearer setups and more high confidence, which, like you say, maybe some of these uh, mining charts don't quite offer. Yeah, I think the the problem that I see again and again is when people like actually to find an entry in a certain chart and then they they try to force clarity, you know, but sometimes the chart is just not clear and it rather tells you, and that doesn't mean Elliott Wave doesn't work, but the Elliott Wave actually tells you, oh, be careful with this chart, right? And you might then make the decision based on that actually not to trade it because it is very unpredictable or it is, um, there are just too many different scenarios. The market hasn't really made up its mind and that can be a very valuable outcome of the analysis as well. Whereas it, it can be much more useful if someone's really looking for good trades to just not really care about what company it is or what, what stock it is or what um, crypto it is, but just look for the good setups that show. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Again, that that does make a lot of sense from a, from a trading perspective. And just to wrap up, since we are recording this, I think just ahead of that Fed meeting, well, I think it's it's happening just now. Um probably post this once it's done already, but what are any, any thoughts there on the current uh, macro outlook? Of course, we got that uh, CPI report yesterday, kind of in line with expectations, still kind of sustaining that kind of disinflationary uh, scenario. Uh, rate cuts now, I think, priced in for around uh, March, if not a bit later, maybe. Um, any thoughts on the kind of macro outlook and outlook for the Fed policy? Difficult, difficult to say because I'm, I'm not following it in detail. Obviously, follow the interest rate decisions, inflation, and so on. Um, I think there are much better macro analysts out there. Not because I, you know, I couldn't do it, but just because I'm, I follow mainly on the, I follow, follow mainly the charts. But my view is based on sort of what I know and you know what I've read and looking at the world and you know how it's all, <laughs> you know, you know, um, debts increasing everywhere. You know, also in the US. I think at some point they will probably have to reduce the interest rates again. I mean, historically, we're still in a very low interest rate environment. It's not even high compared to what interest rates have been at historically. Um, So I think they might have to, well, they probably will keep them stable for a while and then at some point start to reduce again, maybe even next year, maybe late next year. But yeah, it's it's sort of... uh, I'm not an expert, I would say, um, but certainly economies, you know, they say the U.S. economy is strong. Ah, uh, yeah, there are certain there are big problems in certain um, sectors, especially I think the banking sector. And obviously, what I do my, primarily is follow the the charts. And mm-hmm. if I look at the S and P 500, which is a really very good, let's say, meter for the social mood, you know, in the society. I mean. Is obviously very much overextended now to the upside because we had that strong rally. I am looking potentially at another corrective pullback and then maybe a rally in the first half of next year. Then I see the potential at least the risk for a very substantial top and that could lead really to a serious market crash. Mm-hmm. So that might happen next year or late next year, maybe 2025. But I, you know, I, I think we are very close to a significant top on the S&P 500 that could even lead to a... Yeah, several year long bear market that would I think that would have significant consequences, and I think at that point they probably will have to 
reduce at the latest um, the interest rates, but pro I don't know if they will be successful. I you know, it's, there, there's too much stuff that probably will collapse. Um, and I have read a lot of good articles on the banks. There are a lot of banks that could come down in that, you know, when stocks really go down um, across the board. So yeah, I think it's just a, a scenario not to panic about, but to be very much aware about. So, um, and I think there's a lot of a lot of stuff that obviously there's so many indicators you can look at with regards to the economy. Yeah, obviously, um, inflation is crazy still, despite, you know, even though it's coming down, but, you know, is, is that really what people feel, you know, on a daily basis? I mean, just go to the supermarket. So it's it's getting, it's very difficult and it feels like it's all getting to a to a point where things might just collapse at some point. And yeah, it's a bit scary, but um, I think it's just, something to be very much aware about and to do a bit of research on as we get into 2024. Absolutely. That's definitely a, a scenario. I'm also tracking that idea that, you know, the S&P could be close to quite a long-term top. Like, mm. I get to that point you might expect, because obviously a lot of people nowadays would say, well, you know, look at uh, markets, especially maybe well, the S&P, but the NASDAQ, obviously strong correlation with Bitcoin, you know, would you expect then that the stock market would could enter a crash while we see maybe Bitcoin kind of uh, break off and outperform? And, you know, to be fair, that is something that we've seen happen before. For example, we had that banking crisis, right? We actually saw a, a Bitcoin kind of uh, do, mm. do quite well. Do you think that's kind of maybe a scenario that we're heading into? So I think um, so in recent months, actually, I think um, correlation-wise, I think Bitcoin decoupled quite a bit from from the S&P and from the Nasdaq. They might be back to correlation now, but um, they've actually we got we got to a point where Bitcoin actually didn't care about, for example, the sell-off that um, the S&P had into the October lows. So they are they are already not correlating very well anymore, I think. But from what I know, I mean, historically, what usually happens, let's. And there might be, you know, they might still rally together. They might create another, maybe even something like a blow-off top in 2024, maybe early 2025. Um, and again, Bitcoin is probably in a bullish market, so it might get to 100,000 plus. Um, the S&P, I would also look for maybe one more pullback before one more rally to an all-time high starts, um, maybe in, yeah, 2024. And then they could form a significant top together. So that's sort of how I might how I see it. You know how long that takes on the S and P is difficult to say, but um, maybe late next year, um, maybe even end of the second quarter, we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, my point is they could create a top together, and what often happens when there there will be probably some kind of a catalyst that will um lead to a collapse or something, you know. And typically, when there is something that you would call a black swan event, Ooh. when that happens, um, then often different asset classes move together and they yeah. basically correlate so like like we had it in March 2020 um, where they you know did like the COVID crash where um, a lot of them just started to correlate and um, funny enough also for gold for example I am I think uh, we are in a bullish market that's my take it recently made a new all-time high and also there I see it could just you know rally in 2024 but then also create a significant top so it's sort of we see a lot of these charts um, get close to significant tops, at least the risk is there. And yeah, that, that might explain why they might all go down together in some kind of a black swan event, at least temporarily before then another recovery starts. Absolutely. So all in all, I mean, 
pretty interesting 2024, right? Bitcoin yeah. could break to all-time highs for the market, followed by a black swan event, all within the next 12 months. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> so it's not an exact prediction, but I think it's something to be aware of. And certainly from a tactical point of view, that means that I will try to um, reduce stocks, you know, reduce exposure to, to crypto as we go to all-time high territory, just to sort of raise cash, you could say, and then... Um, be good, be well positioned for a potential crash if it happens. Mm-hmm. And you know, the we will probably see the the signs as we, you know, when when everybody's bullish, then often that happens, right? When the market is very overheated, and then um, at some point everybody has a position who wants one, and then things start to come down. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, now more than ever, very important time to keep track of markets, keep track of the charts. Of course, that's what you do on a regular basis. Uh, where can we send? Anyone listening uh, who'd like to follow you and your work, where can we send them to find you? So we are very, uh, we're publishing a lot of material, a lot of content on YouTube. So the channel is more crypto online or a channel about stocks, more trading online. And the website is just morecryptoonline.com. And there are also our links to to Twitter or X, how they call it now, and uh, Instagram. Absolutely. Well, for anyone listening, of course, uh, go ahead and check that out uh, some great content i know i'm always looking forward to the next videos on youtube and just wanted to say once again ben uh thanks a lot for coming on and uh hope we can do this again sometime absolutely yeah thank you very much thank you very much awesome bye bye everyone <laughs>